know, I got a little son by the name of Shai Elisha Ishmael who uh, every now and then, Shai, uh, sometimes for me, Shai doesn't have the right timing when he wants to, to have a conversation or want to do something. Anybody got a son like that? Like, you know, you could be in the middle of something crazy and they'd be like, hey, Dad, I got to ask you a question. You'd be like, uh, no, no. A mother saying yes real loud, like, I need prayer for that son. You know, but, but shy is like that. Shy is the one child who will watch you in the middle of holding a burning hot pot and about to pour something. They'd be like, Dad, Dad, can you come do this for me? Bro, if I stop right now, I'm going to burn myself up. But shy, you know, he don't care. Shy the shy world. As far as he's concerned, you, everybody else exists in it, right? And so shy has this new thing that he does now that he's older. And whenever he would ask me to do something in those times, I would flip out a little bit. I'd be like, shy, you don't see me doing something, man. You don't see me holding a hot pot. Can you just wait? Can you wait? And then shy would turn and say, are you mad, bro? And I'd be standing there like, I don't know what to do here. You know? And so he would always ask me that, why are you mad, bro? And obviously that's a, a, a terminology that is something that we, if you live in New York, you hear it all the time. Amen? You hear it in different forms. You, you hear it in the short version. You mad. New Yorkers, y'all going to act like y'all don't live in this city. Amen. Anybody ever said that to you? You mad or they've got, they got different forms of it. When you really mad, they say, yo, you big mad. Anybody been big mad? Anybody next to somebody who big mad? Hallelujah. The Knicks fans aren't big mad today. They big happy. As a Warriors fans, I'm big happy. But there's a team in L.A., you mad. Matter of fact, they sidelines, you mad. Anyway, we'll bring it back. But, but, but you know, uh, what, what it simply means is that I'm angry. There's something I'm mad about, right? And how many of you know in life that if you live long enough, you get to moments in life where you kind of get angry at life. You kind of get angry at life, but I don't know if you're like me. Have you ever been in a situation where, and let me explain it this way. Sometimes Shai will come and ask me to do something, and I don't know I'm sounding angry. There's nothing going on, and then he would say to me the same thing. Why are you mad, bro? And I would say to him, but I'm not mad. But then I would reevaluate and I'd realize something's bothering me. I don't know about you, but life has a way if you live long enough, you can get to a place where there's a lot of things you are dissatisfied about. And you are angry about. And you don't know how to fix it. And the thing is, you can take that out on the wrong places, on the wrong people. Have you ever stopped to examine the real question that my son is asking? Why are you mad? And I've done that this week. I've done that several times in my life. And I want to talk to you from this topic that I will believe will bless your heart. Ask your neighbor, why are you mad, bro? 
Come on, ask your neighbor, why are you mad, bro? I want to go to the word of the Lord. In the book of Luke chapter 15, verse number 11, this is what it says. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. So these are the parables Jesus is telling of the lost coin. And he goes on, and this is the parable here of the lost son, or as we know it, the prodigal son. So he continued and he said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided up his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there squandered his wealth in wild living. Hallelujah. Anybody ever live? Never mind. Why live and take your money? Hallelujah. Okay. He squandered all his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent everything, after he had spent everything, after he had spent everything, then there was a severe famine. Isn't that crazy? The famine came after he spent. Right. Look at this. The famine was severe in that whole country, and he began to be in need. How do you go from being a wealthy to being in need? And so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. Now he's an employee of the strange land that he went to live in where he thought he was going to go and find the meaning of his life. Now he's a hired servant to it, right? And he went and hired himself out to the citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed Pigs. This is the lowest of lows because these people don't eat or deal with pork. But now he's feeding pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. Look at 17. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But you, father, but, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring, the father said, the calf and kill it and let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. 
he was lost and is found. So they begun to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older brother, the oldest son, was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Oh, yeah? They, they lit in there. Nobody gave me an invite. They're dancing. I didn't get to put my dancing shoes on. And so he called uh, one of the servants and asked, what was going on? The brother, your brother's come home, he replied. And your father has killed a fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother came, became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out to plead with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat. So I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who was squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. And the father said, my son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because the brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Father, bless your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Very famous portion of scripture. I love the scripture. Starts off by telling us that the father had two sons. One of them, young man, looked out on life and said, you know what? Uh, I believe there is more to life than where I am. And I want you to listen to this, y'all. A lot of times we don't realize we are blessed because of relationship. A lot of times we think that we automatically wake up with benefits. There's a lot of young people who don't understand that concept. We live in the most privileged time. I remember a time when punishment used to really be a punishment for a kid. I remember the time when go to your room meant solitary confinement for real. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You didn't want to go to a room in Guyana. <laughs> Matter of fact, there was no go to room in Guyana. We dealt with it before it got to the room. Anyway, but I came from an era where, where you really uh, 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 weren't as privileged. Today, when you tell a kid go to the room, the kid is like, thank you. As a matter of fact, how many of you parents, the problem is now to get them out the room. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Because inside the room nowadays, you send them to the room, they got uh, an Xbox, Icebox. They got, <laughs> they got television. They got, they got it all up in there. Amen. They got everything they would ever need. They could run a full business with the amount of stuff you... For real, all the stuff they got in that room, they can become a millionaire. So when you send a kid to a room, they don't realize how benefit and blessed they are. And oftentimes, we as Americans too, in a bigger scale, we don't realize how blessed we are. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. We complain every day, oh, this nation is going bad. There's a hunger shortage. <laughs> yeah, give me two fries. It's getting bad. We got... Phones. Our biggest problem is should I get the new iPhone? What does it do? It's got cinematic look. You're going to shoot a movie? No, but I need it. These are our problems. I tell you what, if real problems hit America, uh, you're going to see a revival break out. That's why sometimes I think, God, just let it all. Amen. Hallelujah. 
But sometimes our problems become the reason why we don't even serve God. Because what often happens is when you are super blessed and there's no issues, you, you tend to look at your life and feel like maybe there's something more than what I currently have. Because how many of you know that stuff is not purpose? Hallelujah. Parenting, parenting. Uh, let me help a parent in here. Sometimes the way you, your parenting is to always buy the kids stuff. No, 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 no. Sometimes you got to leave them without because they wouldn't understand. If, they, if, they, if all you do is every time something goes wrong in my life or something goes crazy, I go buy myself something, you never deal with the problem. Come on, ladies who buy ice cream every time you got a problem. Hallelujah or chocolate. If I keep going, I'll find you. What you buy when you got problems? Well, I go shopping. I buy shoes. Somebody in here got a lot of shoes. And every pair indicate a breakdown. Sometimes the benefits that we don't have, we just, we take for granted that it will always be there. But I want you to know that everything you got today, don't take it for granted because I'm telling you, I said this March 7th, preaching in this church, that this world could get shut down in a heartbeat like that. I was preaching on fear. Y'all remember that? And the next day, they shut the whole country down. And everybody was saying, we're going to die, Pastor. I said, yeah, every man for himself. I'm out. <laughs> Let me tell you something. All the wealth that you have, all that you work for today can be gone tomorrow. What is better than benefits is the relationships. And a lot of times, a lot of us want benefits, but we don't want relationship. Let me tell you something. I would prefer knowing that I am in relationship with God rather than know I'm just seeking his stuff. Because what will sustain me is not the stuff he gave me, but him. Let me tell you something. If I'm in relationship with him, take it away. I can get it back. Because the first time I got it was because of him. And as long as he is still in my life, I can change the circumstance. It's when you remove him that I am in trouble. Oh, I don't have a church today. I got anybody in this building who value Jesus. I mean, look at your life right now. You are doing good, but you know it's because of the goodness of God. And a lot of people want the benefits without the relationship. You know, that's like married people, uh, uh, single people who always talk about we are. All right, leave, come out of there. Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of people are dating and giving a lot of benefits in their dating life and they don't have a relationship yet. We live in an era that tells you give the benefits and then hopefully the benefits will bring the relationship. No, no, no. You don't get benefits if you don't got no relationship. And let me make it clear. Relationship is not we dating. It's married. A lot of times people will come into your life and they want the benefits of your platform, but they don't want a relationship with you. A lot of times people connect to you because you're doing something. Put up, put up 10 good photos this week in Instagram. You'll get an inbox. 
the more you get successful is the more people want to connect to you. But a lot of people, if you're not careful, you can mistake people coming into your life as friendships and people want to know you. But the reality is in this life, when you die, you'll be lucky if you got five on this hand who really care about you. I'm telling you the truth. Five on this hand who will come see you. See, a friend is not somebody who comes see you when you got money and you, you're, you're popping. A friend is somebody when you got arrested, hallelujah, they still saying you're still my friend. Hallelujah. And in life, there ain't a lot of people that will go to you to the darkest of your moments and still be there with you. And let me tell you. That's the difference between God and every other being. The Bible says he says, I promise never to leave you nor forsake you. Let me tell you, when you connected to God, you got a friend that stays closer than a brother. You got a friend who will forgive. You got a friend who will restore. You got a friend who will say, I, I, I'll pick you up when you're down. And I'm so grateful that the relationship is far outweighs the benefits. Come on, somebody. And so this young man had benefits. This young man looked around and he saw all his father had, but he couldn't understand that you have it because of the relationship. And he was about to make a terrible mistake. He was about to break the relationship and take his benefits because he figured as long as I got the benefits, I could make this happen for myself. And so he left, the Bible says. And I want you to know, this was his words. Give me mine. Let me get my own. Selfishness will leave you by yourself. Because as he became selfish, he left and he found himself by himself. And why did he leave? Here's another point. His wrong perception robbed him of his position. Wrong perception will steal the position that you have currently in your life. And what he had was a wrong perception of where his life was. Let me tell you something. When you are in relationship with God, don't you ever let the enemy make you think that there's something better than the relationship you have with him. When you are serving and giving your all to the Lord Jesus Christ, when you're doing things his way and the enemy comes to make you think, no, there's another way to do life, be careful that you don't perceive your situation wrong because you might be trading in an actual good position and you would be robbed of it. And this young man became selfish. All he thought about was himself. And when he thought about himself, he said, I want all of mine. He looked at a situation, got a different perception of it, and it robbed him of his position. Now the son left out from his father's house. And he joined himself, the Bible says, to uh, a people of, a, of, of another country, of a foreign country. And watch this. All of this is because, and I want you to watch this carefully, dysfunction leads to disorder what do you mean by that pastor whenever something ain't thinking right you see it in the person if immediately my brain don't start to work right now it will manifest in my speech it will manifest in my action sometimes you can go to a a, 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 a person if you go on the highway and a car that is supposed to function in a certain way doesn't function that way. The engine gives out. As a matter of the, 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 the engine malfunctioning, it causes disorder on the highway. 
wherever there's dysfunction, wherever something isn't functioning properly, chaos follows it. And so in your marriage, the marriage has a way it's supposed to function. Whenever it doesn't function according to how God meant it to function, what follows is disorder. Hallelujah. You can walk into some houses and tell. You can walk into some rooms and tell from the disorder that there's possibly a dysfunction here. You walk into a house and the dishes haven't been washed for three weeks and they piled up all over and the fridge is open and the food is beginning to smell. There's a dysfunction in the house. Somehow this family has not connected on, on how they're going to take care of these basic house needs. And what follows the dysfunction is chaos. When a husband and a wife fights, hallelujah, you see all of a sudden nothing ain't getting done in the house. Hallelujah. The wife comes home, did you take the, 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 the trash out? Well, why you got to take the trash out? You know, men be doing it. It's a man's job. It's a man's job. Well, what's a woman's job? And then the arguments start now. They argue for two hours over the trash, and then it never gets taken out. One day pass, two day pass, three day pass. Now you got a, a garbage heap in the house because there was a dysfunction. And what is true there is true for your life. If you don't function right when you go to work, if you don't function right in society, if you're not thinking right, and let me tell you something, that is what the enemy is after, to always trip your brain. Because if he can get dysfunction up here, there will be disorder out here. And something went in this guy's mind that caused him to look at his father who had everything and, and look at the possessions he had and said, this isn't enough. I've got to do something else. And the dysfunction created a wrong perception. And as a result, now he had disorder. Now he found himself in a land eating pig's food. Do you know how many of us are like that? You know how many of us don't take time to think life through and as a result, the dysfunction in our minds is going to bring disorder in your life? I remember, hallelujah, just looking at my own life, how many things God had to put back and chisel back in my life in order for me to see a breakthrough the next time in my life. This young man, I want you to know that he got to a place where the Bible says that everything that he, he, he had left behind, the Bible says now the reality hit. And this is how life works. There will come a time when everything that you are, are, are basing your life off of will be tested. And when that time comes, it will, it will really show what's going on there. And here is somebody who was wealthy, now found himself in need. And the Bible says when he spent everything he had. This is dysfunction. Anybody knows that if you keep spending, you eventually won't have. And when a rainy day comes, hallelujah, you're going to be broke. You know for many of us that's true in our finances. It's not that you need more money, it's that you're dysfunctional. Come on, tell your neighbor you're dysfunctional. A lot of us don't need a new wife. Is that you're dysfunctional with the one you have. A lot of us don't need a new, a new school. It's you're dysfunctional in the one you're in. A lot of us don't need a, a location change. Because if you change location, you still bring the bad battery. And a lot of us are running from our problems. And what ends up happening is we've got the nerve that when the world shifts and life happens. Because I want you to know in this room, life doesn't wait for anybody 
And when life happens and the famine hit and he realized that every opportunity he had, he squandered. He's sitting there to himself. And let me tell you something. It takes a lot for a man to say, I'm going to eat pig food. It takes a lot for a man to bring himself to a level in life where he looks at a pig's feeding and say, that's what I'm going to eat. Especially someone from a Jewish descent. That's stuff they don't even touch. He is at the lowest of his lows. And I wonder if at that time, if he was a little bit angry. I know we get to the second brother and he's angry. But I can't help but believe there's times in life that we are guilty of bringing ourselves to places like this. Where you really can't blame nobody for where you are. And let me tell you something. In life... Since God made Adam, the thing that men love to do is blame everybody else for their problem. Oh, let me tell you, from the minute God came down and said, what happened here? What did Adam do? Eve. He wasn't wrong. I mean, Eve. He said, the woman you gave me. What he should have said was, I'm in this situation because of me. He said, the woman you gave me, he went to Eve. Eve said, me? It's the snake. And they blame. And let me tell you something. From since Genesis to now, that is what we always do. I would have been better. I would have been. This would have happened if this never happened. If this never. Let me tell you something. At some point, you got to realize that all that's happening to you, yes, it might happen to you. But why you keep letting it? At some point, you got to stand up and say, I'm going to take life and live it differently. If I'm going to have a better tomorrow, I got to look at why I am where I am today. And this man got to the place in his life where he, he got sick and tired of it. And he started eating the lowest of the lows. And sometimes, unfortunately, it takes some people rock bottom before they change. Listen to me. Men and women of God, don't wait until rock bottom to change. Because rock bottom is not a nice place. It's a hard place. And this man waited till he was at the bottom of it all. And then the Bible says he came to his senses. The function, the malfunction was fixed. And all that he had, he said, wait a minute. Everything that I desired, I had, and I left. And how, how many times we do that with the Lord? The peace that we have, we leave. Only to find that I had it when I knew him. Who could he be mad at here? I could imagine when he went in there. I don't know what type of attitude he had. But. You got to be big mad. I don't even know if he ate it publicly. You know, my bug mind start to wonder, how do you now? Because think about it. When he first showed up to the town, he was bling, bling. The Bible says that he had money. And when he came to this wild country, he was buying out the bar. He was buying out the club. All the Bible, the Bible said, all the women, all, hey. 
He was the man. It was, thank you, brother. It was wild living. It was the life. And as he was doing all of that, the whole town know who he was. Paparazzi snapped him every week. We don't know who this guy is, but he's got money. And everybody know who he was. How do you go from that now to kind of hungry, bro? And somebody say, I got a job. Oh, yeah, well, what kind of, what kind of, what, 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 you working at Google? No. You working at Milkridge Farms. What are we going to do down there? You will be feeding pigs. And I don't know what level he brought himself to if he's sneaking away hiding, making sure nobody's around. And somewhere between biting that food and the taste of it, something clicked in his mind. And he said, I got to go back. Now watch this. He was mad. He's angry. I would be too. But who should he be mad at? Who should he be mad at? Guys, I want to show you something before I leave this place. How life is. You know, there's a lot of times in life I want to be mad at a lot of people. And I got good reasons to be mad at them. But every now and then... The guy I got to be mad at is not me, but it's a past me. And I brought some pictures today to show you how this works. Can I show you all my pictures? I went back in the days last night, and I was looking at some pictures. And as I was looking at, well, not just last night, the entire week, and as I was looking at the pictures, I began to speak to the guy in the photo. Because the guy in the photo could have made a lot of different decisions that would have helped the guy sitting here today. So I got some photos. What we got? What we got? Throw up something. Amen. That was me when Sevy was born. I looked the same. First thing I said to the guy in the photo, God is good to all of us, you and me. Go on. That's me as a young age reading the Bible. I'm going to make sense out of all this in a minute. Go on. That's an MPC, y'all. And those are the first KRK monitors in the background, V8s. Y'all don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Go on. That's Sherry and me and Sevy. And I mean like I'm Sevy, like the baby is not, y'all know what I mean. Where you get that watch from, bro? This is when Sevy came home. Go on. That's me tied up on an album cover. That's me a superstar all over Queens. Asked me just when my dad had died. And as I look at these photos, I've begun to talk to them. I even had older ones. I looked at the ones before my father died. And I said to myself, what would you tell that guy from this guy? 
I started doing what my last point is on this sermon, what this man did. Re-evaluate your life. Let me tell you something. At every position of life, re-evaluate your life. What does that mean? Begin to ask yourself, what should I value? And where did I go wrong? And as I looked at the picture before my father died and I was talking to myself and I said, what would you tell that young man? You know what I'd have told him? I'd have said, those car rides you have with your dad when you choose to be silent and you don't want to talk to him because he's a father and father and kids just don't. That's just, he's going to die in a couple of months. And everything you wish you could have asked him, he was there. But your pride got in the way. And when he was talking to you about living right, and he wanted to see changes in your life, you should have listened to it. That's what I'd have told that young man, because you know what? At years old, At this age, let me tell you something. Yeah, I need money. I'd like a lot of it. Just a ball in a video one time. I'm joking. Yeah, I'd like a lot of things. But the one thing I desire that is top five of my list right now is a conversation with dad to ask him certain questions. Because I realize, and you know what? I learned from yesterday me, I taught this me. A couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to spend time with my mother. We see each other all the time in church, but we had time to spend time. And as I'm spending time with her, I'm talking, but I'm shutting up and I'm watching her. I'm watching her habits and what she does and I realize a lot about me the good the bad and there's no ugly in my mom and I cherish that moment I had with my mother and when she when she left my house I went to hug mom because I'm carrying all this emotions I'm just like, we'll see you later. <laughs> but there's no regrets. No regrets now. Because I'm doing what today, what a year later, a rich would look back at this Richard and say, thank you. I look back at these pictures and I see this young musician who singing all over the world, man. Last night I saw a photo where they were charging $20 at the door to come see me. I said I was getting 20 up in 2004. I almost threw my house. I said, Sherry, let's go back to 20. I can't. They paid $20 to come see me. Big stadium. I said, for me? Then I asked myself, what did you do with all the finances? 
Because you can't be mad today financially where you are because when you had the opportunity, what did you do with it? I would have told this young man, bro, you are in a blessed place. Don't take it for granted. I'd have told him, don't listen to everybody who's calling you and telling you who don't like you. And like you. Don't listen to the voices that want to pull you out. Don't listen to people who are going to cut you down. Don't. I would have told them, guard your platform. Guard your platform and just don't let any and everybody access to your life. Because access, can, oh my gosh, they can plant stuff in there to destroy you. And I'm looking at it and I'm talking to it and I'm telling them all these things. I looked at another picture where I was very... Kind of tell I was always struggling with my weight. In my mind, I thought I was doing good with my weight, y'all. And I'm like, hey, you always been struggling with your weight. And so this week when I'm feeling sick and I'm feeling the effects of it, I'm getting mad and I'm saying, no, Lord, why is my body slowing down? And I'm mad at this guy because when it was time to do push-ups, he joked and laughed. Let's go to Popeye's. But now, year old Richard <laughs> is mad at him that he couldn't do a push-up back then. That he couldn't take time to prepare for the future me. And a lot of times, the point I'm trying to make to you today is we end up mad, but you're not mad at nobody else. You're mad at yourself from the past because when you had time to change it, you wallowed in sorrow. You let the abuse take fester. You never ran to get help. You never got over the hurt. You never did anything to come out of it. And you said, I just want all the attention from where I am now. And you let it fester. And now older you is saying, I'm stuck here and I don't like where I am. Why are you mad, bro? You treat the woman anyhow in the marriage, and then when she finally got the courage to say, I'm not taking this no more. Why? You should have treated her better. You never took time to understand the, the world you live in. You never took time to read a book. You know how mad that I You Listen. I've read so many books within the last two years. I should have had six PhDs. Ask me how many I got. Just the letters. <laughs> Why are you mad? Why are you reading for free now? The rich from... <laughs> there was a time they were going to give you a degree and money for reading it. But you thought, no, it was cool. I looked at the dumb stuff I used to think in society growing up, especially growing up in urban America, the dumb stuff they tell us. It's cool to be hood. It's cool to be, it's cool to be. Y'all remember when Will Smith first did Fresh Prince, we used to say things like, he's selling out. <laughs> selling out. I used to look at politics and I used to let people tell me how I must think politically. Oh, Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me there because we are told as a community you're supposed to think one way politically. I stopped all of that foolishness because thinking one way kept me where I was. I want to, I want the future rich to look back and say, good job, my brother. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? And as I was pondering on this message, I said, and I looked at this prodigal son, and he said, 
the present me is going to fix the future me. I am no longer going to let the past me. It stopped at him. At some point, one of you is going to have to stop the cycle and say enough is enough. Uh, listen, this might not only be financially. Look, look at different patterns in your life. Like, like for me, my thing is I'm, I'm, I'm not never ever worried about money. Like I know who to rob. I know where to. I... <laughs> Just checking if you're awake. I've never been worried. I, since I was a kid in school, when, when they used to have, uh, I grew up in the Caribbean, when they used to do, uh, what they used to call it flim show, flim, flim show, flim, flim show. I got to say it right, right? <laughs> Americans are like, flim. Do you know what that is? Very much so. It was not that. It was a film show. And they used to show that, and I, my pops was like, I ain't give you no money to go. They better come home. I used to be like, nah, I got to get in this movie. I got to see it. So I had a little Viewmaster. I used to charge people five cents. They used to be like, yo, bro, my Viewmaster got some exclusive circle things. You remember the card for the, yo, yo, no, no. And they used to be like, yo, I got to, I used to charge them five cents till I got enough money to go in the movie. I always knew. I knew if you put me in a land where water is, why am I thirsty? If you live in America, you live in America? Were they tossing money at you to stay home? You broke? You broke? That, but see, but, but what's natural to me is not natural to the next man. So I have grace on the next man. Because what might be natural to him, he working out every day lifting weights. And I'm like, bro, six pack? Never saw one of those. I heard about them. Are they real? I looked, I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So what, we're in the area where I got grace, where, where I'm uh, good at, I got to show grace. Because there's areas of my life I'm no good at. Do, do y'all see where I'm going with this? And, and, and so, 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 so my thing was never that. But you see this mind of mine? And I think I know where I got it from. It races. It races. It races. And as a result, it robs me of moments in life. Because instead of seeing what God is doing, I'm thinking the negative. And it's racing. And even last night, listen. Those who know me know I struggled with migraines for years. Didn't have them for years. They started showing back up in my life. And uh, this week, like never before, they rocked me to the point where I said, man, something, something ain't right. And in the night, I'm walking around. And my wife's like, you okay? I said, babe, it ain't nothing I haven't faced. It's not so much the migraines. It's the thoughts that I just want to shut up because I know God is my healer. I know this ain't going to end the way you're trying to tell me, but you keep telling me these thoughts and the devil is a liar. And so, so what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that 
it's not just one area of life that we all struggle in. Many people, if we go down the list, there's so many struggles. But at some point in your life, like I did and have been doing, I told my old self, you won't make it to my new self. The worry stops here. And I remember a couple weeks ago, I came in this church and I told y'all, those same thoughts try to plague me. And I looked at the enemy, hallelujah, and I said to him, I've decided to live and no devil in hell will stop. And I think he's mad because every time he tries to bring the thoughts now, nobody's home. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And at some point now, you've got to stop the cycle. I looked at myself. My wife looked at me crazy this morning. Started doing push-ups. Vince just looked at me crazy. (laughs) Vince like. You know, because most people look at you and look at the life that you're in. You're a pastor. You're doing good. You got all this going on for you. But there's still an area in your life that your tomorrow will thank you for if you change it today. If you can talk to you today in six years from now, what would you say to you today? Say it and do it. Yeah. So I started saying things in reevaluating. I asked myself this question What do you value? And I let that answer steer the rest of my answers. I value my children. So I want to spend time with them. I'm not going to be giving of myself to everything else, and they don't have me. As a matter of fact, sometimes we always say that, but the truth is when they get older, parents know is, I don't have them. You know how many times I look at big Savannah and Seth be like, hug me? They'd be like, bro, hugs. The little ones, I'm just grabbing. Siley, he's a hugger now, so I'm hugging him everywhere, but he's starting to push the shoulder out. I'd be like, you're buying your shoulder? Because it goes by so fast. You want your health to improve tomorrow. Don't wait till you get rock bottom. And the doctor said, we don't know what's going on with you. Then you won't make a decision. You might not be like the prodigal son where you could say, if I could go back home to my father's house, the doctor say, no, you staying right here. You want to change your finances. What are you going to do today? You can't buy them shoes later on. Who I messed up? Nope, that new hairdo, you don't really need it. Who I messed up there? You don't need a new phone. You know you could function perfect with a flip phone. I didn't really know about that. What is it in society that told you that you need all this stuff? What do you value? Is it the productivity of the phone or you find your meaning in the phone? You know how many people are sitting on a phone? Let me tell you something. And I'm closing, y'all. I'm done. On this phone, I could bank. On this phone, I could invest. On this phone, I can create an app. On this phone, I can record an album. 
On this phone, I can do a podcast. On this phone right here in this app, I can write a book. On this phone, on this app right here, I can, I can do film. <laughs> on this phone right here, I can connect with people all over the world. On this phone right here, I can start a business. On this app right here, I could start another business. And so many people walk around with this. And all we do is this. When you go home and you see your old selfie like this, talk to him. What are you taking pictures for? Now, a lot of people thought I was going to talk about the older brother. He's for another message. He big mad. His sermon is called Big Mad. I want to talk about this young man. I don't want to ask you, where do you want your life to go today? And in about a week from now, that's a good problem. In about a week from now, in about a year from now, do this. When y'all leave today, take a selfie and begin to talk to that guy and tell him all that he needs to do so that the guy next year can look back and say, thank you, brother. I got it from here. You did well. Otherwise, nothing will change. And then you're going to see me in the background saying, are you mad, bro? Don't be mad when you can change it. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes in prayer. You got addictions in your life? You don't have to stay there. There's people in this room that's probably been addicted for 10 years. Nobody knows. People hooked on pornography for years. And you never did nothing to come out of it. There's people in this room that is bitter and angry at somebody for years and you're not doing anything. Only it gets worse and worse every year. God wants to restore you into relationship. What I love about this proverb is that it says when he came to his senses... Because oftentimes with religion, we're always waiting on God to bring us to our senses. And God can. And he does it. But he does it by means of letting you go to some hard places. So that your mind can be transformed. I love the fact that the Bible says when he came to his senses. When he started telling himself, you can only go this far and no more. You can't enter my future. You're in this room. There's some things in your life that can't enter your future. You got to tell it right now. You got to tell it right now. Rue, you see this picture? One moment I begun to thank myself. I must have been 21 years old here, 22. Carlene laughed when this picture came up. It's my favorite picture out of all of them. Can you tell me why I'm thanking that guy? 
because that book in front of him, he chose to make it part of his life at an early age. And God has never left him. Simple decisions can cause you in the future. I'm a good father today because of that book. I'm still married to the same woman today because of that book. I'm still pastoring and doing ministry today because of that book. One decision can lead you into chaos or it can bring your life in alignment. I want you to pray today. Bow your heads all over this room. God, you see your people. You see what's going on in their marriage. You see what's going on in their lives. You see what they're facing. You see the circumstances that they've come up against. Today there might be somebody that is so confused. What can you do today that tomorrow you will not be in this and you start from there and you dig your way out. Dig your way out. Get out of that. Get your health back. Get your home back. Get your mind back. Get your life back. Get everything back that the enemy wants to steal and cause you to leave and make you think there's something better. Get it back. Get it back. And how he got it back? He said, I'm going to go back to my father. And whatever my father says, that's what it is. God, today we come back to you. You have a voice on everything that concerns us today. You're, you care about me. You care about everything that concerns me. If you're in this room and you feel like God doesn't care, the devil is a liar. He cares about everything that concerns you today. I want you, if you're in this room, if this message has touched your heart and you are right now you saying in your heart I, that's it that's it God give me strength to change give me strength not to be mad at me anymore but to fix me father I want you to stand to your feet and lift your hands and begin to declare that enough is enough God from today I'm going to take it one step at a time and I'm going to make sure father that I'm back where, where you want me to be I'm back in position with you I'm back in alignment with you so that my future will thank me because of what I did now. Who is that? Come on, lift your hands. Hallelujah. I see tears. I see people crying. I see people calling out to God. That's all right. He's touched by it. What are you going to do today? It's so funny to me to see kids. When you meet their parents, you see them on the trajectory to become just like. If there are things in, that you didn't like. In your adult family's life and you want to break it, break it. But what are you going to do today to break it? God, in the name of Jesus, you hear the cries of your people. Come on. And I, you know, sometimes it's quiet like this because people are thinking. Sometimes church don't got to be all shouting. Sometimes it's good for people to ponder and let the Spirit of God just move on your heart. God, whatever you're saying to your people today, 
whatever you're telling them to do, Father. For some of us, God, we've got to make some changes. God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, so that we can live without regret. So that we can live without regret. So that we can live knowing, Father, Lord, that we put you first. What we can't change, we can't. But what we can't, give us the courage. Give us the strength. Give us the, the grace to love. The grace to forgive in this room. The grace to let go. The grace, Father, Lord, to change. Change, change, change. Why is change so hard? Give your people the strength to change. Come on, if somebody wants the strength and the courage to change today, you know there's things that need to be broken. Lift those hands to heaven, whether it be a mindset, whether it be worry, whether it be whatever it is, you know I can't help myself. God gives strength to change. In the name of Jesus. How you going to change your marriage? How you going to change that family dynamic today? How you going to change that career today? How you going to get it today? How you going to do it today? Because what you do today, your future self will either thank you or you're going to be angry. God, I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you. I give you. I give you glory. Grab the mic, Stace. We're getting ready to close. But I can't close without telling you about the fact that when the young man came to his senses, the Bible says once he went back home, he had a plan of how he was going to approach the father. But this story to me is not about the boy and everybody else. Sometimes we miss the father. The Bible says while he was afar off, while he was still a distance away, the father already begun the celebration. The father already said, go kill the, the fatted calf. Go grab a ring. Go bring a rope. He, wasn't, he, he didn't even open his mouth yet. While he was afar off, number one, that tells me that every day this father came outside and he looked on the porch to see if his son was coming home that's the God that we serve y'all that it don't matter he's look listen when he's looking he's looking past the boy's past he's looking past everything that this boy has done and he's only seeing the future notice the father never mentioned the past he mentioned the future kill the calf bring the ring and the robe what am i trying to tell you today that god is already working it out if you would go back in position if you would cry out to him today because he can do all things but fail but fail but fail but fail but fail but fail hallelujah jesus we give you praise today god because you never lost a battle and you never will you never will in Jesus' name, lift your hands all over this room. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Hallelujah, Jesus. today you will give them the strength to break strongholds over family over finance over circumstances if you're in this room or you're watching online and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your heart that's the first thing you want to do the future you will thank the current you would you pray with me in this room today and pray with me online? Say, Father God, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I'm a sinner, but by your blood, I've been set free. And from today, I'm your child. I'm saved. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. And put a love for your word in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. If you said that prayer, hallelujah. If you said that prayer, please make sure you join us on churchcityusa.com and send us an email. Were you blessed today? Come on, were you blessed by the sermon today? Thank you all. Thank you. I'm going to turn this over to Brother... Steve, who's extra happy, five and one, bro, five and one.
Oh, you don't give me no juice? I don't want to say that. I don't want to bring it up. I'm just saying. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give God praise because the New York Knicks are the number one team in the NBA. I don't get no chase. When I grow up, just like you, brother. Be just like you. What's going on, everybody? I'm here to bring the announcements. Oh, this day. Oh, this turns. All right. So let's not forget today, four to six, we have the trunk and treat. Please make sure you guys come out, even if you're not part of it. This is a chance for us to evangelize to this neighborhood, correct? Halloween, you know, spooky, scary, skeleton. We don't, we don't got to worry about that, right? It's Jesus every single day, no matter what the world is celebrating. Amen? No matter what the world is dressing up as, we're going to show them who our God is. So please, come out today, 4 to 6. Bring the kids. Bring the babies. There's still going to be candy out here. We still believe in candy in the kingdom. So <laughs> come on, bring them out. Um, like we said, Tuesday, 7 p.m., we will have uh, Brother Denzel do the Bible study. Give it up for Brother Denzel, y'all. Young, dynamic man of God will be preaching to us about technology in the church. And so please, make sure you guys come out. Friday, where are the young people at? Young people, make some noise. If you feel young, make some noise. If your back hurt, make some noise. Ow. <laughs> um, so from Friday uh, 7.30, we will have our youth service. We are asking that all college students and high school students please come out. It's a chance where we get together and we fellowship and we break the word down. Man, and y'all got some good youth leaders, so, you know, come on out. <laughs> Bring them out. Parents, make sure that your kids are here as well. You don't want them going out and doing other things, and when there's church going on, you know, they're not in. Don't do that. Tell them to come out. Force them. Tell them. Tell them. Force. Just do it. Force them. Like, you got to come. You got to come. Everybody say November 7th. Say it one more time. November 7th. That is next Sunday, and we will be appreciating our pastors in this house. Make some noise for our pastors, people. Make some noise for Pastor Rich. Make some noise for Pastor Elizabeth. And Pastor Sherry, she holds it down. We want to celebrate our pastor. Listen, how many of y'all got a good word today? Not even that. Let me, let me, let me say not even a good word. How many of y'all got a life-changing word today? Now, I don't want to put any pressure on Pastor Rich, but it seems that every single Sunday when I walk into this building and I sit down and I hear him preach, something about me changes. Like it's a life-changing experience to hear this man preach. And it's consistent. And it, the apple don't fall far from the tree because if you ever heard Pastor Elizabeth preach, it is the same exact thing. It is. So next week, Sunday, we are going to celebrate our pastor. Now, we want you in the building. Please make sure that we pack this place out. If you're online, we want you in the building. <laughs> but if you can't, we want you online too. <laughs> right? We want to bless our pastor in any way that we can. We want to bless him with our presence being here, but we also want to bless him with our presence, presence with a T at the end, right? We want to, we want to invest in the man of God. We want to thank the man of God for, for I'm, I'm going to say this. You know, it's funny. Pastor was talking about how all this week he was going through something, Right? I don't know if anybody probably called him or asked him for anybody, did anything. I guarantee he picked up the phone. 
in the midst of what he was going through, his own personal life, I guarantee he picked up the phone and he helped somebody this week get through something. And he put himself and what he was going through on the side. That's the kind of man of God that we have in this house. Let's uplift this man of God and let's show him our appreciation next week. Amen? Amen? November 7th. We're going to be here. We're going to bless Pastor. I didn't hear that. We're going to bless Pastor. Amen. 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 And I am going to uh, pray over the tithes and offerings and get, get the tithes and offerings as well. Um, if you're online, you know, boom, this is how you give. We have Cash App, dollar sign Church City USA, Zell, Church City USA at gmail.com, or you can give online at www.churchcityusa.com. Now, we are not a church that tells you what to give, but we are a Bible-believing, tithe-based church, so you make sure that we follow that. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm just going to pray over the tithes and offerings, and pastor's not here, so I get to, like, say the thing. Oh, so I'm excited. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. You can you tell, right? I'm excited. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everybody here that is given to the church and that's giving to the church, God. Lord God, we know that this place right here, this is fertile ground. God, we know that this church right here is good ground, and it will yield a good harvest. So we know that when people sow here, they're not sowing and losing, but they are sowing into eternity. Father, I pray that you bless every household. I pray that you bless every person that gives. And Lord God, I pray that you would, if somebody doesn't have to give and it's in their heart to give, Father, I pray that you bless them. So that they can begin to give and you can begin to bless them more and they can give and you can begin to bless them more and they can stand on your truth and stand on your word. Father, I pray you give everybody here peace and safety and a good ride home and a great week that we could come back and testify that not only are you good, but God, you are great. Heavenly Father, we give you all glory, honor and praise in Jesus name. And everybody says... Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been wanting to do this since the pandemic happened, so I get to do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, in the midst of the crisis, woo, I get the song too. We are focused on who Christ is. You guys have a very, very good week. Introduce you to Jesus Christ today. Ooh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.